Welcome to the All Things Bama podcast powered by BamaCentral.com, your Sports Illustrated and Fan Nation home for all Alabama Crimson Tide news and updates. I'm your host, Tyler Martin, joined by Bama Central staff writer Joey Blackwell, who covers a multitude of sports at the Capstone, here to preview Alabama versus Mississippi State which is set for a 6 p.m. Central kickoff inside Davis Wade Stadium on Saturday night. Joey, it's going to be a lot of fun, man, and, and I think this Bama team is going to uh, kind of come out with a vengeance, right? We've seen this before. When Alabama loses the week, bef- uh, week before, the, per- the person you feel bad for is the team they got to play next. Yeah, the last time Alabama actually lost back-to-back games during the regular season was all the way back in 2007 during Nick Saban's first year. And Mississippi State just happened to be one of those teams uh, that beat them in those back-to-back games. But, um, no, it should be fun. You know, uh, the last time Alabama was there was in 2019, and when they uh, went to a Tonga Valoa, obviously got hurt. And uh, expecting a, a much better game this time uh, on both sides of the football. And uh, the players have been talking all week about how this is uh, this could is they're trying to make this a statement game to show that they've still got it to show that they still deserve to go to the playoff and um, no doubt we're going to see a fired up Alabama show up on Saturday night. No, I, I think we are as well. And before we dive into that a little bit more, I want to hit you with this. All right, we're at the midpoint of the season of the regular season. About uh, six games have gone through. Alabama's five and one, sitting number five in the country. <clears throat> We're just about a month away from the first college football playoff rankings. So we're at the midway point of the season. And I want to give out some mid-season, a mid-season report card or so, Joey. And let's go ahead and start with um, – let's start out with the offense because we won't spend as much time on them as we will maybe the defense or special teams, um, that area. And, and there's issues all around, right? I mean, there's kind of been some chinks in the armor. But let's start with the offense overall up to this point through six games. What is Joey Blackwell grading the Alabama Crimson Tide offense in 2021? As of right now, midseason, I'd probably give them a B, B plus, somewhere in that range. Um, they have been able uh, – the, the running game was slow at first, but they've been able, they've managed with Brian Robinson putting everything on his back. They've managed to uh, get that going and be pretty effective on the ground. Bryce Young obviously has been fantastic. Um, you know, if I were to give him an, an individual accolade as a sophomore, first-year starter, I'd probably give him an A, A plus, but that doesn't make the entire offense. The receivers have been the one of the biggest disappointments. I think, you know, Jamison Williams has been outstanding for Alabama so far, but we've seen a lot of drop passes. You know, we were kind of talking before the podcast about how Mechie, is, Mechie struggled, and, you know, there was a lot of Alabama fans were kind of hanging their hats on Mechie heading into this year, and he hasn't lived up to the expectations for this season. Nor has Xavier Williams and Javon Baker. They, you know, they haven't really been utilizing them at all this year. Um, just, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of talk about the wide receivers in every game. And then when you look at the offensive line, um, they've done an okay job this past week, Texas A&M, they did not, you know, you've, even Chris Owens and Evan Neal weren't having their best games. You know, they've seen a lot of problems there on the offensive line. And, um, fortunately Bryce Young has been able to make a lot of, um, a good plays being, when he's flushed out of the pocket, he's able to keep his eyes downfield. So it hasn't been that much of an impact until the AM game where he was sacked four times. That's when it started to get a little out of hand. But overall, I'd give this offense a B. Um, I, I think they, they could definitely have a lot of room for improvement. But at the same time, they still, when you look at it on paper, they're still one of the best offenses in the SEC right now. Yeah, I go B-plus approaching that A-minus category. That's where I go. Um, just because, I mean, it, I want to say this. This week, Joey, listening to a lot of national sports talk, 
even even you know listening to the local media here in Birmingham and Tuscaloosa as well I'm just I'm so tired of the overreactions man I, I am sick and tired of the sky is falling do, do we ever just and and maybe this is what's happened over Nick Saban's honesty right it's all about the process it's all about you know doing things right day in day out and we, we focus so much on that that we kind of lose sight of sometimes you just have a bad day Sometimes you just – sometimes somebody else outplays you. Sometimes you get out-schemed. Sometimes you get out-coached. And that's obviously what happened at Texas A&M. I mean, I can't I – mean, I, and I, in the last podcast, I feel like with John, I, I gave too much – I didn't give A&M enough credit. I kind of said, okay, it was all the self-inflicted wounds from Alabama. But what people got to realize is, is that they got outplayed. At the end of the day, they just wanted it more. And, and so I just want to say this. I, I'm tired of the overreactions from a lot of people I've been seeing about how – the, like I literally saw – I can't remember if it was Feinbaum or somebody, but it, it was just the statement that was wild that was that this is Nick Saban's worst team since 2007. Are, are, yeah. we, are, we, really, are we really going that far as to say that since, since, since literally 14 years ago, this is his – really? When you've literally got three guys, Will Anderson and Bryce Young are not draft eligible yet, right? But they could easily, if they were draft eligible, they could definitely go in the top five of this year's coming up draft. And shoot, Evan Neal's going to be a top five pick. So I'm sick and tired of this overreaction. The sky is falling. Because you look at the schedule right now, Joey, for this offense, there is not a defense on this schedule. We're talking about the offense right here. That scares me. Mm-hmm. LSU obviously doesn't scare me. Mississippi State doesn't scare me. They don't draw the pitch. Tennessee sure as heck doesn't turn uh, uh, scare me. Auburn's defense, okay. It's a middle of the pack. It's a middle turn. The defensive line has been solid at this point. They, they've been, they haven't really created much of a pass rush, but you get my point. They have some talent along that line and in the second level, no doubt about that. So Auburn's the only defense that kind of, you know, keeps you up a little bit, right? This Alabama offense, man, outside of a couple drives against Florida, uh, outside of, you know, a couple drives against Texas A&M, um, this offense has been really, really good. And there's different times so far this season, Joey, where they've shown you balance, right? Where they can go out and, and B Rob can go get you 170 on the ground and get you four touchdowns against Ole Miss. Bryce Young can go throw for 300 and get you three touchdowns. So they've got some balance. And I think right now, B plus teetering that A minus line is a great start. But again, I go back to what I heard from Nick Saban earlier in the week talking about how he wishes against AM they would have ran it more in the red zone, right? I want to see where what what adjustments does Bill O'Brien make in the second half of this year? Because for Alabama to win a national championship and to win an SEC championship and to get back to the college football playoff, Bill O'Brien's got to make some adjustments. He's yeah. you can tell every coach there's there's a little bit of ego in that, right? When you throw it three times from the three yard line, there's a little bit of ego in that. And and I want to see the adjustments Bill O'Brien makes because he's a darn good coach and, and Alabama's gonna need him. Um, to, to really – whatever's working that day, they're going to have to stick with it rather than just be all over the place in the play call. Yeah, you know, I, I completely agree with the overreaction thing. You know, people, both the national media and Alabama fans, were acting like this is Nick Saban's first regular season loss he's ever had. They were freaking out. Um, people need to forget, and I've been reminding people all week, four of Nick Saban's six national championships have came from where they've had a loss in the regular season. And people kind of forgot about that. Um, I think – you know, obviously you never want to lose a football game, but a lot of times when a team loses a football game, it has a way of lighting a fire under people's tails. 
And uh, we've that we've seen all year this team has had a problem with leadership. According to Nick Saban, this isn't something that I'm just saying. This is according to Nick Saban. They've had problems with leadership. They've had problems with communicating. They've had problems with seemingly a lot of problems with internal motivation. And 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 the kind of they seem to have kind of a, a a cock of the walk attitude, like they think there's something else. And there's nothing better. There's no better medicine in this world to treat that than getting your tail kicked. And that's exactly what happened this past week. Um, you know, and people also on the opposite, you know, on, on another point, people are acting like Alabama got just absolutely dominated the entire game. They didn't. Um, Alabama was able to come back. I mean, they, they won on the last second field goal. It's not like Alabama lost to Clemson. It's not like Alabama's lost to Clemson was a couple of years ago where an Alabama was never in it. They lost by 30 some odd points. It wasn't that type of game. Alabama still could have walked away from College Station with a win had they made some better play calls. And speaking of that, you know, there's nobody more familiar with running the ball inside the five yard line than me, a Seattle Seahawks fan. Um, and after what happened with them in the New England Patriots. So that made me fired up about those play calls. But still at the same time, there's no doubt that Bill O'Brien's going to learn from this. He know, I mean, there's no way he hasn't had discussions with Nick Saban at this point about, okay, hey, we need, really need to fix that. Um, although Saban's responsible a little bit as well because um, he, he, I think he could have overridden those play calls, but whatever. Well, that, that's, that's completely different, another conversation for another day. But um, still, I think the overreaction is a little bit much. Um, this Alabama team, if you look at the rest of your schedule, kind of like what you just said, you go through, these are six very winnable games. Alabama is going to be favored by double-digit points in most, if not all of them. Um, and don't circle the SEC championship on your, on, your, on your calendar just yet, but it's definitely, it's definitely attainable. It's more attainable for Alabama than it is in any other team in the SEC West right now. They're still going to make it there. Um, whether they play Georgia, Kentucky will be decided this weekend, likely probably Georgia. Um, but I, that will be the next game. I think that Alabama will struggle with. I want to say this. If you think about all the things that went wrong for Alabama, they still led late in the fourth quarter in stay in mm-hmm. They still, they, and the thing is, you know, they had a turnover in the end zone. They got stopped twice in the red zone, had to settle for field goals. Um, they gave up a special teams touchdown, and they only lost by three on the road. I, I, and you're still a young team, but let's not also, in that same sense, let's give Jimbo his credit, but let's not crown him. He's coming for Nick Saban's throne. Let's not yeah. let's not do that now. Um, but yeah, so Joey, you're going with a B. I'm sticking around a B plus, um, A minus range Alabama offense going forward at the midway point. Flip over to the defense now. Um, I'll start and then I'll pass it over to you, Joey. C plus. I, I mean, from okay, and, and when I say C plus, I'm thinking of the expectations that this defense had set upon it when you have so many returners, right? You, you return eight, nine guys of, who have really great experience. You add Henry Toa Toa, who led Tennessee in tackles for the last two years. Okay, their performance against Ole Miss for three quarters, A plus plus. But as the season as a whole, Man, man, C plus. The linebackers are at two out of position. Um, the DBs sometimes seem confused. Uh, the defensive line hasn't been able to get that push that you want. They, they got out physical against AM, a team that, you know, um, that offensive line was missing three starters. They were missing three starters on that offensive line, and the Alabama defensive line got pushed around. So C plus. Um, and, and here's the thing another overreaction thing I want to get into Ole Miss. I walked out of Bryant Denny Stadium against Ole Miss. And I was telling people, man, 
Pete Golding, when he has some healthy linebackers, he's pretty darn good, right? Um, he, he's, he, he was really solid. But then, you know, just a one week where everybody seemed to have a bad week on the coaching staff and players, right? It's, oh, fire and fire and fire and fire him. Just it, – it's one game, right? It, one game. Perception is not reality in this, right? When you're watching – A&M, that's my thing. People got to realize this. In 2010, when Alabama lost South Carolina in a similar situation like it was to A&M, what did South Carolina do the very next week? They got blown out by Kentucky. And that isn't Mark Stoops, you know, Kentucky that he's built up now. That was 2010 Kentucky. So, um, you know, to me, I mean, this Alabama defense is better than what they have shown, I think. And to me, it starts with Will Anderson. And I don't think Will Anderson is playing 100% healthy. I genuinely do not think that. But if he can be anywhere to 85, 80 to 85%, and we'll see it against Mississippi State this weekend because I think they can I think they can get to the quarterback against them. Um, we'll see. It starts with him. He's the leader of that defense. And you, he said it. I mean, I don't know if you got worried when you were listening to the Zoom, Joey, of him pausing for like 10 seconds right there. I, I was kind of getting worried just watching that if he's going to jump through this phone because he looked pretty pissed off. Yeah, I, I, that little Anderson was definitely emotional. And I think, you know, one of the things he talked about was, you know, after the Florida game, he talked about how this defense wasn't living up to the Alabama standard, about how the Florida game was eye-opening. And this past Monday, when he was asked about that message, he made it very clear he didn't think that his teammates had listened to it. Well, Anderson's been the only defender so far this year that has been incredibly consistent. He's shown a lot of leadership despite just being a sophomore. In, in heck, he's been a captain in three of the games this year, even though he's just a sophomore. He's done a great job there, he's been, and it's, it's translated to him on the gridiron as well. He's done fantastic. Um, but, you know, giving – I completely agree with your with your assessment of C-plus. That was what I was going to say C, around C-plus. You have to give them a little bit of a handicap just because they have had injuries with, uh, of course, Chris Allen, um, who would have – who would have, I think, done a lot on the edge. And then you also have Drew Sanders, who's been out last week and will be out this week as well. Um, but you can't pin an entire defense struggling off of one injury, two injuries. Malachi Moore was also out this past week um, due to that targeting call on the first drive. Um, he'll be back this week, so we should see some improvement there. But you, you said one point that I'd like to kind of elaborate on a little bit, talking about how even against Ole Miss, you know, they um, – played really great defense for three quarters. That's something that they've talked a lot about this week was finishing. It's a it's something that they've really struggled with. I mean, even if you go back to the Miami game, they let Miami score more points in the second half. Um, a games against Mercer and Southern Miss, no, those don't really count. But then you have Ole Miss, you have Tech, Florida, Texas A&M, all those games. Alabama was in every single one of them. And they won two of those three games, but they still allowed more points in the second half than the first. They really struggled, slowed down. Alabama jumped out to a 38-31 lead. And then those last two drives, Alabama's defense was completely ineffective and didn't really just let Zach Calzada and Texas a just march down the field, could not stop them. It's as if this defense just shuts down in the fourth quarter. It's like, oh, you know, we're ahead. That's all that matters. We're, we're good. Um, we'll let the offense do the work. And that's not how things go, as we saw this past Saturday. So overall, a, a C plus. I mean, it, I watch the game film every week and the line, the interior linebackers get more and more disappointing every week. We expected a lot from Christian Harris. Henry Toto had a great game against Miami, but then he slowed down. It's almost as if the middle linebackers are afraid to make contact. They're always there, it seems like, on almost every play. I mean, they, they do get out of position a good bit, but when they are there, they don't make, make initial contact. They wait to get hit. They're, they're struggling with tackling. Poor tackling has been another problem that's plagued this defense all year so far. 
oh, just so many problems to go through with this defense. And if you're basing it off of preseason expectations, then as of right now, midseason C plus is a very adequate grade for this defense. Special teams, I, I would go A minus. Um, I mean, Will Riker, you know, nine out of ten. He hasn't missed an extra point. Nine out of ten field goals, hasn't missed an extra point, 33 of 33. James Burnup, he's been about what I thought he would be, right? I mean, 38.6 yards, uh, an average punt. Um, isn't isn't elite, right? Um, but it's but you know, it, it's serviceable. Um, Jamison Williams in that Southern Miss game had those two special teams uh touchdowns. That was big. So, so, so A minus, right? I mean, they, they, they haven't really. And I mean, the special team touchdown given up by by Alabama to A and M last week was was a difference maker. Um, so A minus right there for special teams. Keeping the ball out of bounds by Will Reichert on the I think it was the after the last touchdown that didn't really help either. Yeah. Um, but that put A and M in prime position there near the end. But, um, yeah, I I think uh, I wouldn't go as high as A minus. I'd say B plus. Um, they haven't really. Aside from Jamison Williams' two touchdowns, they haven't really done anything on kickoff return. Kickoffs, we've seen them kick the ball out of bounds several times, which that, that's their easy fixable mistakes. James Burnup has had some decent punts, but he's also had a lot of punts that are forgettable. Um, so I wouldn't say he's stood out. He's done a decent job, but he hasn't exactly rocked anybody's you know socks off. Um, feel, yeah, and the, but, but Will Rockard on field goals has been very consistent, like you said, 9 of 10 field goals, uh, has a missed extra point. So that's that's one solid department they're doing well in. But we expected that coming in this year um, after his perfect season last year. So I, I wouldn't go as high as A- minus and say B+. I think there's definitely still some room for improvement on kickoffs and kickoff returns. Um, but, uh, and, but other than that, I mean, yeah, they're, they're doing a, a decent job. All right, Joey, let's turn the page over to the Mississippi State game. We just talked about the defensive struggles, right? One week they look incredible, the next week they look down. Last year, Nick Saban was the first coach and first, and Alabama was the first team to ever uh, shut out Michael Leach. Uh, Michael Leach, uh, his first game ever that he coached, he was never able to score a point. Um, and that happened in Tuscaloosa last year on Halloween on Nick Saban's birthday, a 48 to nothing victory. Uh, Pat Sertain had the pick six to, to seal that one. There's no way Alabama shuts this offense out, right? I don't think so. Um, I have Alabama winning this game, my score prediction, but I, I do think that AM is going to be able to put some points. I'm not AM, excuse me. I think Mississippi State's going to be able to put some points up on the board, um, especially with what we've seen from Alabama's defense this year. I think Alabama's offense will outperform AM, uh, Mississippi State. Sorry, my brain is still stuck on AM right now. I think Alabama's offense will outperform and we'll, and we'll be able to score more points, but at the same time, I, I do, there are still holes in Alabama's defense, and I think that Mike Leach will be able to exploit that. You know, he was talking yesterday on the SEC coaches teleconference about how, um, about how, yeah, Alabama has a loss, but it's still Alabama. You know, it's still the biggest game of the year for the teams that are going to play them just because this is Alabama football we're talking about here. And I think if his entire team has that mindset, then this is going to be a, a uh, not necessarily a scary team, but a team that, out, that can perform higher than people expected them this week. I think AM is AM is kind of a it's kind of a trap game. And I know they Saban said that last week about Texas AM, which turned out to be correct. But Mississippi State has the potential as well. I mean, their their record is three, their record doesn't really depict um what they've been able to do. I mean, all their losses combined are by five points. Um, they they're really just a few plays away from being five and zero. They've just had some tough luck thrown their way. Um they beat AM too, you know. 
Yeah, and they beat A&M at College Station, which is something that Alabama couldn't do. So, um, I, I and, and they're coming off of a bye week, so they've had more than enough time to prepare. Um, I, I do think Alabama's going to win this game, but don't sleep on Mississippi State. Um, I know we as fans can't really control that, but hopefully the players uh, can control that, and they aren't. Uh, fortunately, because they had a loss, um, I think they're probably more awake than they would normally be. But this is, an, this is a Mississippi State team. I mean, they've only played five games, and uh, <laughs> they, they lead the SEC in passing yards. Will Rogers is doing an outstanding job there. Uh, granted, that could be because they throw the ball around 80% of the time, as Nick Saban said. But um, this is a team that you can't really sleep on. you got to have a smart quarterback to run that air, air raid offense for Mike Leach, and Will Rogers is exactly that. Um, if you remember, Joey, last year when we, we, were, we were sitting in the press box watching that game, uh, you remember one of the first drives, K.J. Costello was their starter, um, and he got knocked out with concussion. And then from that moment on, Will, it, this, that was Will Rogers' job. And I know they had a quarterback battle in the offseason and with um, with some of the new guys that had transferred in and Will Rogers, but he was able to hold serve and, and really keep that job. And he's really, really played well. Um, and, you know, Jarquavius Marks is a really good running back. They've got some skilled players, you know, with Wally, uh, Austin Williams. Uh, they, they've, got, they've got some skill on the outside um, that Mike Leach has been able, uh, you know, to kind of take advantage of since he inherited them coming to, um, to, to Starkville. Um, my question is, it's just on the defensive side of the ball. Can they stop Alabama? I like Zach Arnett as a defensive coordinator. I think Mississippi State um, has been better on defense than their record has indicated, especially last year. Um, uh, you know, they were a 500 team, but their defense was better than, than what they showed, uh, what their record showed, I think. Um, they lost a lot. So they're, they're kind of more – well, they've got – they last year they started the most freshmen in America. Think about that, Joey. They started the most freshman in America. So this is still a fairly young team. Um, they lost a couple key pieces at linebacker and, and a couple guys in secondary. But they still bring back, you know, seven, eight starters from the defense last year. Um, and, and, two, when I, when I go back and I look at where, what Mississippi State's done, when Memphis – and I know Memphis got the controversial call on the punt return to win that game uh, that played a big factor. But Memphis had success against them, right? LSU had a lot of success against them. I mean, I mean, LSU, the only reason Mississippi State was in that game was because LSU let them back in, in the last three minutes where they had to score two touchdowns really, really quick to make the score look better than it was. So, um, and also Mississippi State on opening day, I mean, Louisiana Tech almost beat them. Mississippi State had to come back from two scores in the fourth quarter to beat Louisiana Tech. This is a game that Alabama, given the motive, given the extra motivation coming off of a loss, given the talent disparity, Alabama should, should could win and easily cover this game, in my opinion. Um, the line's right now at 17 and a half. Alabama should, should easily win this game by 21 or more, in my opinion. And the only really concerns that I have, why they wouldn't, I do think the crowd is, is, an, is a factor, right, the Cowbells. This is A&M's first primetime game of the season, and I game the Cowbells are going to be rocking. You know they're going to be fired up because Alabama's coming off of a loss. Um, and, and Alabama, we've already seen the two instances they go on the road, Joey. Florida, we know what happened. They almost blew that game. And then AM, they lost. So um, the, the, the environment is a big factor. But then again, this is a program that Alabama, I mean, since 2007, the last time Mississippi State beat them, Alabama's dominated them. And I think with Mike Leach's air raid offense, Nick Saban, you know, they're going to be playing with six deep defensive backs out there. Um, and so guys, you know, guys like Kool Aid is, is potentially going to get a, a better chance to play, um, better opportunity. Malachi Moore. Brian Branch, 
Josh Job. Um, you know, DeMarco Hellams is a guy who really needs to have a good game on Saturday as well. Um, a get right game for him and and John and, um, and Jalen Armour Davis as well. So um, I, I think this secondary can keep them in check for the most part. Um, to me, it's all going to be about how Alabama starts this game. If 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 they if there's any hangover from AM thinking, oh man, we're just gonna be down in the dumps, or are they going to respond? Because I, you know, we're giving them pretty solid grades on offense for the most part, but it's like that can easily get worse if they just sit there and let it linger a little bit. But I know I know this program, Joey, and you do too. Nick Saban is not going to let this linger. They are waiting to get the taste of loss out of their mouth for sure. Absolutely. And this is a good refresher, you know, for them. Um I was I was on a radio show earlier today talking about how this is a this is a this is the perfect schedule right now for have Mississippi State after AM just because it's a team that's kind of down under the luck that hasn't been doing very well. That's that's a team that Alabama can, if they play to their best of their ability, can turn into a punching bag and kind of reignite that confidence that they need. Um I do think Mississippi State is going to have a a, a um I think they're going to score more points than people think they will. But that being said, that's like 21 points. Like that's not going to be anything that's going to win the game for them. Um, I think Alabama's offense is going to be effective. And um, yeah, I mean, there's not really much more to be said on my end. I I think that this is going to be a a fun game if you're an Alabama fan, uh, especially for the first time that Alabama has been there since Alabama won last time there in Mississippi State, but it kind of felt like a loss when if you talk to the players afterwards because of Tua's injury. So it'll be good to leave Starkville with hopefully some positive memories from today, from this Saturday. Yeah, and me and John talked about this at the end of Tuesday's show, um, but we both said Arkansas was the toughest remaining opponent on Alabama's schedule. Um, Auburn in Auburn is always tough, but we thought Arkansas, um, just because of the physicality in San Pedro, kind of gave them the edge. Do you agree with that? I agree. I think Arkansas on paper is the toughest team, um, but you, you also never want to discount an Auburn team, especially when you're playing them down the plains. I mean, the last time Alabama was there, they lost. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and Mac Jones had a rough day that day and, um, you know, he had those two pick sixes and they had the doink field goal in the final seconds. Um, on paper, definitely Arkansas. Arkansas is the toughest team left, but um, that being said, it's definitely still a winnable schedule for Alabama. They can still make it all the way through. But you know, you know what's crazy to me, Joey? When you look at the SEC West standings, to me, you're right, Alabama, all they have to do is take care of business and it's going to be fine, right? They, they're going to run the table 11 and 1. They're in. For, I mean, Auburn, right now, there's three teams at 1 and 1 Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Alabama beats Mississippi State, gives them two losses. Ole Miss, I think Ole Miss could lose this weekend to Tennessee. I really think that game is going to be close. And I think Tennessee's got a great shot to pull out of a victory there. Auburn, I think Auburn's going to lose to Arkansas. Um, now, they could shock me, but they're a five-point uh, underdog on the road, hostile environment. Arkansas has lost two straight weeks. They're going to want to get back in that win call. I think Arkansas wins that game. So, let me ask you this. Right now, Joey, who's the second-best team in the West? Because when we're looking at this, um, all these teams by Sunday night or by Saturday night could have two losses in the SEC except for Alabama. Well, I know the record doesn't indicate it, but I think Texas A&M is still the second-best team in the West. Um, I think the, while they're – like I said, while the record doesn't indicate it, I think they've – they were obviously upset by Mississippi State. They came out and beat Alabama at home. If they can beat Alabama, they can beat anybody in the West, no question. 
Um, but as, as for, for talking about those one loss teams, I, I still think it's, I still think it's Arkansas. Arkansas is a really tough team. They're really scrappy. Wait, Arkansas has two losses. My bad. Right. Yeah. Um, well still Arkansas is another good team, but still, yeah. I, I think that, you know, Miss Ole Miss, you know, you still have, you have a lot of teams that are eligible for that, but if I had to pick one, it would probably still be Mississippi state. I think, oh, I think Ole Miss kind of. It's, it's kind of an issue with Lane Kiffin. I feel like he put so much stock in the Alabama game and prepare, preparation for it that now we're kind of seeing a falling off because it's like, oh, crap, we lost. Uh, well, I guess we got to play the rest of these games now. Like, they got their biggest game of their season out of the way so early, and they lost. And blew it to Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas, yeah. they a version, they win the game there with no time left. Exactly. And I, I think that, you know, Ole Miss kind of might slightly edge out Arkansas just because they were able to beat them. But – uh, I'm I'm really concerned about the Ole Miss and how how many games how many wins are going to have at the end of the season just because they played Alabama so early and they lost and I think that might have kind of broken their season because um, that's what they hang their hat on is that they want to beat Alabama. Um, but yeah, I, I know AM's like I said to kind of wrap it all up. I know that AM's record doesn't indicate it, but I still think they're the best, the second best team in the West. I think they're a solid football team. They had some bad luck early on. I, I could easily see them winning out the rest of the season, um, just like Alabama. Um, but fortunately, Alabama will um, have that one extra SEC win on their <laughs> under their belts that'll be able to edge them out for the SEC title. It's crazy that we're sitting here talking about the SEC West standings at the midpoint way of the season. And LSU looks to be the worst team in the West. Oh, gosh. LSU is just a whole other conversation. I mean, Edward Duran, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier today, and he was like, when do you think Edward Duran is going to be let go? Because at this point, it's not a if do you think he'll be let go. It's when do you think he'll be let go. Um, I think they hang on to him until the Alabama game. I think that they're going to keep him around until then. Now, if I'm proven wrong, I'm proven wrong. And I, I, I will absolutely not be surprised if we see him lose another game and he's gone. Um, but I think they're going to try to keep him around until the Alabama game. I think that when, not if, but when Alabama, when LSU loses to Alabama, that's when we'll see him get fired, um, which would be kind of, kind of a twist of irony because we all remember the the locker room video with that Orgeron after the Alabama LSU game. It, it would be the most ironic thing if that loss was what ended it, was the straw that broke the camel's back um, at LSU. And I think they're going to keep him that long. I don't think he lasts the regular season. Um, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if they fire him before the Alabama game just so that they have an excuse for when they lose. Um, it's just a tough situation in LSU right now. And I didn't have high hopes for them heading into this year. I know a lot of people did. I did not. Um, I thought that they still have struggled to bring in, you know, a top-tier talent um, since that national championship year. You know, it, they haven't been able to reload quite. I mean, obviously, they haven't been able to get to that level, but they haven't even been able to come close to that level, that 2019 team since then. And it's only going to keep getting worse, I feel like, if they keep that order on there. And I think that um, I think the the LSU athletic department is very well aware of that. Lightning in a bottle was 2019. I mean, you look at their schedule, Joey. They got Florida this weekend, then Ole Miss, then Alabama, then Arkansas, then UL Monroe and A and M. They're going to beat UL Monroe, obviously. They're but staring yeah. four and eight right in the face. Like they, yeah. this team could legitimately finish the season four and eight. One and seven in the conference. That would be one and seven. Um, but, oh man, 
But see, my thing is, if you're going to fire him after the Alabama game, why not just keep him for Arkansas, UL Monroe, and AM? You know. Um, but here's the thing. I mean, they're no longer bowl eligible at that point, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but another, another thing is, Joey, you know, we were both there for that 52 17 shellacking in Tiger Stadium last year. If they look that bad again and Alabama somehow wins that bad again, then you can sit here and say, all right, it's time to pull the plug now. But, Joey, before we get you out of here, um, let's get some picks in for this weekend's games. Um, I kind of want to get into the SEC ones first. Um, I've already kind of, I already kind of said I think who, who I was going to win this game. Auburn, Arkansas. Who do you have? I have Arkansas. Like you said earlier, hostile environment. I believe in Sam Pittman. I think you know they've lost two games in a row, especially after that kind of heartbreaking of a really close loss last week. I think they're going to respond well to it. Um, I have Arkansas, and in in they're not going to absolutely thump Auburn, but they're going to beat them by at least a touchdown. So I'm going with Sam Pittman, and, the, and I'm calling the Hogs. Do we think Kentucky can keep it close against Georgia? That game will be highly dependent on, I think, on two things, on um, how effective Kentucky's offense is against Georgia's defense, because Georgia at this defense at this point has by far the best defense in the country. So it depends on if, if Kentucky and Mark Stoops are able to get stuff done on offense. I think it also depends on how Stetson Bennett for Georgia can perform against uh, Kentucky's defense. Stetson Bennett's been a little uh, interception prone, and Kentucky's been really good at exploiting that and opposing quarterbacks. But I think that I don't think it's going to be close. I think Georgia's going to beat them pretty handily. Um, I will be uh, rooting for the blue team <laughs> this weekend. But that being said, uh, I think Georgia's going to have their way with Kentucky this weekend. A&M and Missouri, the A&M's favored by nine, but I'll be honest with you. I think Missouri covers that. I think Missouri keeps it close. I think A&M's going to be on a hangover from beating Alabama. I think A&M wins, but I think they win uh, by one score or less. <laughs> yeah, I can agree with that. I think A&M's going to, you know, A&M's going to kind of come strutting in there after taking down the number one team in the country. I do think they get away with a win. They might start off slow. Um, but I think they're going to – they have what it takes to definitely pull away, um, definitely picking A&M in that one. Ole Miss, Tennessee. You know, I said I think Tennessee covers the three and a half, um, but I do think Ole Miss ekes it out by a field goal. Um, give me Lane Kiffin in his uh, return, his first return as a head coach. He was obviously there with Alabama as an assistant, um, but his first return as a head coach to Neyland Stadium. I'll take Ole Miss by a field goal. Tennessee has all the has all the motivation and momentum in the world behind them right now. They've had a really solid uh, past couple of weeks. Um, I think that this past weekend was really big for them. Um, I think that Tennessee can actually pull off a victory here, um, and I think that it's going to motivate them a lot heading into next heading into Alabama next weekend. Um, I actually picked Tennessee in this game for uh, you know take down Mississippi, take down Ole Miss. I know that's not really exactly a hot. I guess that would be a hot take, <laughs> um, but I think that I think that Tennessee can get work done and have a lot of motivation heading into Bryant Denny. So um, I think it's going to be really close, but uh, I think that Ole Miss has struggled since the Alabama game, and I think that this is a red hot Tennessee team right now at this point in the season. So I'm picking the Volunteers by close. Yeah, it's it's weird when you look at the schedule, um, Joey, for the weekend's game. You look at the slate, and the best game is, in terms of ranked matchups, is Georgia-Kentucky, you know? I mean, one versus 11, and Georgia is a 23-point favorite. Um, yeah. That that tells you what Vegas thinks about the, the Bulldogs. Um, you know, for me, man, right now, you know, I'm kind of thinking of playoff scenarios, things like that, and, and – 
the, the way I've got it shaping out, shaking out, Joey, is at this moment, at the midway point, I think SEC is getting two teams in, and I think the Big Ten is getting two teams in. So I think three Power Five conferences are getting shut out in the ACC because here's the reality. Pitt is the betting favorite right now to win the conference, not even Clemson anymore. And Clemson already has two losses. I still think Clemson's going to win that conference because it's Clemson because they're going to figure it out. But they're not making the playoff at 10-2 and two or 11-2. and two. Uh, You look at the Big 12, the last one to hang their hat on really is, uh, is, is Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. There's the last two teams. Well, they're going to play each other in Bedlam. Uh, Oklahoma, yes, Caleb Williams, he looks better than Spencer Rattler, even as Williams is a true freshman. But Oklahoma, I think, will still get beat somewhere along the line. And in the Pac-12, Oregon blew it when they lost to Stanford. Oregon blew it when they lost to Stanford. So right now, I'm thinking of, you know, Ohio State figuring out a way to really get back into the playoff mix because they bounced back nice since that Oregon loss a couple weeks ago. Alabama, Georgia, I think Alabama's going to, you know, this is just a projection where I think Alabama's going to be. I think Alabama's going to beat Georgia and Atlanta. Um, and Alabama and Georgia will both be in. I think Ohio State gets in. Um, and then the fourth team, which I think is going to be another Big Ten team, I think if Iowa runs the table and still loses to Ohio State in the Big Ten title game, I, still, I think Iowa will get in, right? It'll be kind of the same situation in the SEC. Um, so those are the teams that I've got in there right now, Joey. And, you know, for how chaotic it's been so far this season, I just named you three blue bloods in Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. I'm, I'm I'm shocked you don't have uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats in there. I mean the Cincinnati, I mean, Cincinnati, they might you know a lot of people might scoff at them because of their relatively easy schedule. But this is a team that's been destroying every team they've played. Um, they do have an easy schedule heading out, you know, for you know, finishing out the rest of the season. But they could be 12 and 0 when when all is said and done. Um, that being said, um, I, I think they might be the next UCF in that they might go undefeated and still finish the season fifth. Um, I don't want to see that. I would like to see Cincinnati make it to the playoff just because I think that that would provide, you know, a little bit of new blood in there and really shake things up. It'd be kind of a similar situation if UAB made it, which UAB will never make it to the CFP, but you, you get, you catch my drift. Um, I, I do think that Cincinnati has what it takes to make it to the top four when all is said and done. But in order for that to happen, we would need to see probably Ohio State lose again. We would need to see um, Iowa not finish undefeated. We would need to see Michigan and Michigan State um, maybe drop a few here and there along the way. Um, just the Big Ten is going to be it's going to be interesting, though. It's going to be a wild finish in the Big Ten this year between having an undefeated Iowa, Michigan State and Michigan and then having that one loss Ohio State team. This is going to be a lot of fun watching. I think that conference is going to be more interesting than any other any of the other power fives and seeing how it finishes out this year. Well, it's so chaotic in the Big Ten East because you have Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State. All in, it's like the SEC West and yeah. State, even though they just lost to Iowa in a nail biter. Penn State could beat Ohio State. Um, Penn State could beat Michigan. Penn State could figure out a way to get back in the conversation as well. So I don't want to leave them off. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on here, man. Kind of just getting, you know, kind of breaking down where we are right now in the college football season. Um, been a, been one heck of a season so far, honestly. So many upsets. Um, we hope we don't see one in Davis Wade on Saturday night. That would be really, really bad. Um, but we look forward to your coverage, though, man. Absolutely. Thank you, Tyler. I appreciate it. Well, that was Joey Blackwell. You can find him on Twitter at Blackwell Sports and on BamaCentral.com. The host and the, the, the source for the All Things Bama podcast. 
And uh, make sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, let us know. Give us suggestions. If you want to hear something on here or a guest or anything like that, we're always, um, we're always free. And uh, we, we want to hear the feedback from the listeners. So thank you guys and have a great weekend.